Live from the base camp of Silicon Slopes, this is Tech Tales. And now, your moderately talented but extremely attractive hosts, Cash and Jesse. Cash, here we are, podcast number two. Epic. Since the first one, we gained three fans, including your mom. <laughs> but she loves it, Jesse. And, and she demanded a second one. We're here. Thanks, Bob. So with us on today's podcast is uh, Brandon Semstrat. Brandon is uh, one of the security analysts at uh, SmartShield Cybersecurity. And what we're going to talk about today is just kind of a really brief overview and high level of, you know, what's happening out there. Everyone's like paranoid. And I think that as you go through, it's like I'm seeing lots of people with little camera covers. <laughs> like over their laptops Snowden. and it terrifies me because maybe I have bad habits <laughs> <laughs> who's watching who is watching how are they watching why are they watching <laughs> <laughs> what could be that interesting yes. about my life <laughs> oh man um, and so just kind of figuring out a little bit about what are you know the most popular um, threats that are out there and some kind of basic information for our audience on what to do about it. So last week, I actually got to talk with uh, Special Agent uh, Emily Studemeyer from the FBI in Chicago. She's uh, in the Cyber Crimes Division, and she spoke a great deal about ransomware and also um, a lot of what they call is CEO spoofing. Which, if nothing else, is a hilarious term. Uh, <laughs> but the high level, and I guess we can start with that, is the high level is the CEO spoofing. And one of the other guys that was at the thing, he actually had an assistant. And so, uh, Brandon, it works a little bit like this from my understanding, which is somebody, we'll call him evildoer, right? Mm -hmm. So evildoer comes in and somehow either creates a exact email like the boss's email or the CEO's email right. or something really close or changes the name. And then, I don't know, they're really hot on Amazon gift cards. Apparently, evildoers. Uh, you we know, got a lot of shopping to do. Listen, it's yeah, swimsuit sorry. season. Uh, we got to get some shit going. Um, but so they send an email from the boss to, like, the assistant and say, like, hey, we're doing a surprise, so I need you to go out and secretly get these gift cards. Don't tell anybody because it's a surprise giveaway, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then um, usually it's most popular is, like, these people go out and they get it because – yeah, people are just so programmed to listen to their boss. Hmm. You know, nobody yeah. wants to let the boss down, and they they're, so they're question. just like, okay. Yeah, or second guess, or, right, are you yeah. sure that that's what we should be doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, hey, boss wants gift cards, boss gets gift cards. Uh, <laughs> so What account would you like They to go, about? and they have them, like, scratch off the back and type all this stuff in. And he was actually caught her because the manager, in this particular example, asked, like, why do you have all these gift cards at your desk? And she looked at him and was like, I'm on a secret mission for Brad. <laughs> and so the man just like, Brad, you got, we'll call her Debbie. You got, you got Debbie on a secret mission? <laughs> and Brad's like, what do you mean? What are you talking, talking about? about? <laughs> secret mission? Like, I didn't even know we did non-secret missions. <laughs> 
That's Debbie down. It's like, I was like, I didn't know we were in the mission game. <laughs> but anyway, so like they were able to like stop it before she like scratched the cards off and did all this stuff. But according to the FBI, they're seeing a lot of that stuff happen. And it's really interesting to one, like how does somebody even um, protect themselves against it and those kind of protocols? I mean, from your position at Smart Shield, what is some of the advice you give to people when it comes to just general email? Because it all had to start with email, right? Right. And there had to be, I don't know, some kind of hacking or social engineering or something. Sure. Yeah, social engineering is, is, a, is a big part of that. And um, a lot of times it, it's a phishing thing, right? Like they send emails to a person asking for information. If that person responds with the information they're asking for, then that is the easiest way that they get this you know, protected data and then use it against <laughs> so, you. So they run right the phishing away. scheme and yeah. just find out who the weak link in the office is? Well, and in, this, and in this particular case, right, they're trying to target a CEO. They're, they want to spoof a CEO, CEO spoofing. Um, so that is actually referred to as spear phishing because instead of trying to mass bulk email uh, thousands of people at one time and see what you get back, you're actually targeting a person. Mm. And that's, mm. what, that's what they call spear phishing. And so... Um, they can attack from different angles coming in on social media, uh, coming in through work, just kind of like doing a little bit of internet research on a particular, like on Debbie. They'll do internet research on Debbie knowing that she's like uh, not that bright, probably. I don't know. Uh, and <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> Debbie's been this company for 17 years. Debbie's our hard worker. But, uh, Debbie seems easily manipulated. Easily manipulated. <laughs> not, not playing with a full deck. Uh, but anyhow, so they'll look for social aspects of her life and try and uh, get in with her and be friendly with her and and maybe make fake accounts on Twitter or Facebook and friend her. And, and all of a sudden, she's got this new buddy and she's voluntarily giving information or and, and opening her doors up. And uh, Debbie's now going to be the one who lets her, lets this threat actor, you know, bad guy, evildoer, access uh. the CEO. Yeah, and then um, I know from that standpoint, not to go down a different path, but isn't the game usually trying to get into one person in the organization and they, they have a lot of correspondence with the CEO? Mm-hmm. They can you know, basically kind of work their way yeah. through the Well, in this particular case, it's really sensitive because Debbie is the CEO's secretary. Imagine the power that holds, right? Yeah. She's not just some random secretary or... Um, yeah. mid-level sales manager it's not, it's, it's not all Jimmy John's yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not all Jimmy John's um, and, and one other point I wanted to bring up about this is uh, it takes education of your employees to be wary of where things are coming from so I would imagine uh, another spoof technique is where they um, change one letter in an email domain or something like that. So, yeah. you know, if, you know, our, say smartshield.io, right, is our email address, so I brand it at smartshield.io. Well, someone could come in and just say, put an extra S in between smart and shield, that it still looks the same, and they'll really just quickly run over it, not even notice it. And I will, as evildoer, have set up that domain somewhere, smart. SS Shield, right? Yeah. Somewhere. And then, shields. Yeah. <laughs> so they're now sending me that all the information that they think is going to CEO. They're sending directly to me. And I get to take yeah. full advantage and or sell it. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is that 
I, most people, right, most business owners, I think in their head is that when they think about security threats, I mean, they're thinking mission impossible, right? Some guy's got to get a thumb drive, pass lasers <laughs> up and down into the server, <laughs> get it into the thing. And it's like, dude, they bought a domain. They changed a letter. They attacked Debbie. It's not that complicated. Are you sure it wasn't a USB drive in the bottom of a coffee mug? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you sure it wasn't? Because that seems really hard. Yeah, so most no, people no, think no, no. that's not a threat for me. They got to get on premise. They got to get past these locks and these doors. They got to get past whatever. I got cards for my people. We have that dogs. feels yeah. That really feels like stunning. really yeah. That feels crazy complicated. But in fact, most security attacks today are really kind of, they're fairly simple and they're uh, they're pretty easy to like penetrate, right? It's not that difficult. So it's interesting that it's um, it's probably, people are more, more vulnerable than you would expect, I would think. Well, I guess it's just all about, um, I hear this term a lot in emails and I don't, I don't really understand what it means, but they talk about posturing mm-hmm. and... I don't know, upping your security posture? Security posture. That's <laughs> the term, right? You want to yeah. be a peacock. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Fan it out. Fan it out. Set up straight. Have all your security <laughs> people sit down. Yeah, so what, uh, what does posturing mean? Or what is like beefing up your security posture? Well, security oh. posture is your overall stance as a company on security. And that can be from physical security to cybersecurity, all aspects. But in our case, of course, it's mostly referred to in the cybersecurity world, and um, it involves another term that's called like some security hygiene or, or, or password hygiene, things like that, and setting security policies, um, educating your workforce, things like that. That all goes into what your security posture is, and there are a lot of things you can do, including having the right software and monitoring in place. Uh, that will beef up your security posture. And um, so the security posture is just like your overall security strategy. Overall security strategy. And that's strategy, either strong right? or weak. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people uh, think they're strong, but they are quite weak. Yeah. A lot of the conversations that I get into are a business owner who says, hey man, I sell chemicals. Like we're not exactly, you know, a. Uh, Facebook over here. We don't have a lot of stuff on computers. What kind of risk could I possibly have? Like, why do I have to throw money at cybersecurity when I got a gate and a dog that protects all the chemicals? <laughs> right. Yeah, it sounds vicious. You got a Doberman barking at you from the window. He's trying to eat that thumb drive. <laughs> That's the security, right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, with manufacturers, and especially with dangerous chemicals and things like that, that uh, an evildoer would want access to, um, I think one of the biggest threats would be a supply chain threat, right? Someone could get into their systems via some third-party vendor who has a very bad security posture and accesses this manufacturer's systems going that route. And this has actually happened before. Um, and from there, if they have access to certain parts of that system, they can now redirect shipments of chemicals. Can you imagine that? Right, this guy's got some. Yeah, you don't want to tank a chlorine headed. Tank somewhere a chlorine headed to yeah. It's same thing with when I was talking about setting up my little address, my my uh, subversive smart shield address. I could set up a, a subversive physical address physical somewhere, address, yeah, and have your chemicals shipped there, delivered, just by going in and. Packing some keys. That is so much. Some, that is so much easier than how the mafia had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the truck and throw the, the truck, back, the truck, the gun, <laughs> yeah, the revolver right. to the head. 
Get out of the truck. Get out of the truck. Just be the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> you know, oh, Rocco, get over here. Because <laughs> a guy from the Ukraine in two seconds did the same job. <laughs> he just changed the address. <laughs> a lot easier. Lot lot big easy. suburbans pulling in with guns. <laughs> There's other things that I think people don't think about that you got to protect too. Even as simple as like the list of your customers. I mean, very proprietary. Like, what if your competitors knew who you were doing business with? Well, you have to have all the bank account right. information. Yeah, that, right? how are they paying you? What are the terms? Like, you know, even that. So even simple things, just like list of customers, you know, some of your sales activity. Like, if you're in the middle of a heated, you know, sort of negotiation or sale, and what if someone could figure out where you are in that, and then they could jump in and steal that sale? There's, there's a lot of simple things that people, they think it's all going to be credit card information. There's yeah. a lot of information that's valuable, right? So I think, I think people kind of mislead, like, you know, what information is important, what is secure. Even your employees, if they knew who is the top sales performer, they're going to go steal them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's a good point. There's just a lot of little things that people, I think, take for granted as to, like, what information is inside of your corporation and company that's really valuable that you kind of take for granted. There's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah and back to property. the well, yeah, that's Huge. a good point. Like even back to the chemical industry, and I know also with other manufacturers is there's like a blend recipe that's mm-hmm. IP that yeah. makes a foaming agent a foaming agent and right. other things. And so if you steal that, you just duplicate it, and all of a sudden, bye bye Cheerios. Here comes Toastios. Well, an interesting an interesting thing too that. Uh, big companies like that in manufacturing especially need to watch out for is that it's not even just other companies or you know evildoers uh, sitting in a basement somewhere trying to steal that intellectual property uh, you have nation states with that are backed by the government that are how, trying to find that like how China. long did you think it was going to take before we attack China <laughs> China had the game up on me I didn't name names I didn't name names <laughs> Just there saying. are countries out there, yeah. That, for the record, I'm a fan of everybody. <laughs> Just saying. Certain routers, certain cell phones. phones. <laughs> I'm a global citizen. I care about everyone. I love everyone. I love everyone. <laughs> but yeah, though, the, I mean, uh, you pointed out China. The Chinese government does back a lot of enterprise in that country and supports that and will do just about anything and has a unlimited pool of cash, you can imagine, to support all these teams that are coming in. Yeah, that was actually one of the interesting things that we talked to one of the guys in the, uh, oh, I don't know, he was doing cybersecurity like in the field in Iraq. Oh. And uh, we talked to him, and he basically was like, this is like the big secret is, if you're not doing business in China or Russia, and if you just shut down all the IP activity, that comes from those countries, you're getting away with like 90% of the problem. Yeah. Like you block three countries and boom, 90% immediately. Is like, yeah, well, and that's, that, and, yeah. and Brandon, that's got to be a thing for you because as, uh, as a guy that doesn't really know anything except for how to lock his door, <laughs> and I got a little slidey thing because you're not seeing me uh, <laughs> over my camera, um, I don't know how to block IP addresses or I don't even, yeah. I say, I don't know what that means. I don't even know what IP is. <laughs> but you say it with confidence. First of all, it's a thing and it definitely needs to be blocked. Um, but I guess that goes into the whole consultant thing, right? Sure. So who knows how to do that? I don't know. It's that, well, I mean, obviously IP is internet protocol, right? And <laughs> so these relate to addresses on the internet, right? And you have an IP address, uh, your company might have an IP address, a static IP address that belongs just to you. Zip Tech or uh, Smart Shield IO has its own 
IP address assigned to it. So basically, and every country has a, a range of IP addresses that they actually get. And so if you just find out what Russia's are, China's are, you can go into your cybersecurity product, Smart Shield, and, and set Sh- that Shameless up. plug. You just got it. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's a great product, I promise. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, you go in and block that range. And um, any address that's trying to come in or, or, or query your server from any of that range will just be blocked right off the bat. They're just, they can't get it. Yeah, no. It's, it could be as simple as that. And the, um, the one other thing that when I talked to uh, the agent at the FBI that she said was really popular um, and seemed somewhat terrifying to me is ransomware. Yes. What can you tell us about ransomware? Just the word ransom, it doesn't seem ideal. Pirates. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One iPad, a boat, pirates. What is happening with ransomware? First, I don't know, I think of Mel Gibson as well. You ever seen Ransom? Give me back oh, yeah. my son. Give me back <laughs> Anyhow, uh, ransomware is definitely scary. Um, this is an operation where... Um, it usually starts with phishing, actually. This is another method where they try and get into your God, system. Somehow. Why does it all come back to Debbie in China? Yeah, <laughs> Debbie. Yeah. Um, so basically, by way of uh, gaining personal information, someone slips a password, or they can use like brute force attack just to even get into your uh, someone's you know login system, you know, an administration system at a company. And <clears throat> once they're in, they typically will also not do anything right away. They call it an advanced persistent threat, and they will basically find their way into their system, kind of weasel around, see what's in there, see what's valuable, and just kind of sit there for months. It could be months on end. So five months down the road, um, all of a sudden, someone's computer screen just goes bloop with a everyone, and they, in fact, everyone in the office just there's a, a screen that says, uh, "Your files have now been encrypted. Pay us this much money. Send it to this account in three days." or that's it, you're not getting any of your data back. So well, they, it completely locks them down and shuts them out shuts of them everything out. unless they pay. And then they can have two routes. And both of them have occurred. You either call law enforcement, call the FBI, get them on board and see if they can figure it out, or you pay it and keep it quiet and hope they send you the encryption key and you can sweep it under the rug like it never happened. And typically, that route is somewhat cheaper sometimes. So companies do an analysis and we're like, well, I think we're just going to go ahead and pay, get our data back so we can keep operations going because the lost revenue, reputational damage, you know, governmental fines for having, you know, data stolen, that's a tough call. Well, and it always comes down to a business decision in the end, right? Like what's best for the business? business. And it's like, and the funniest thing ever um, that... Uh, this agent said was when they're doing this negotiation, the 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 attacker, the ransomware dude. Yeah, he, uh, he says, "I'm an honest businessman, Cash. If you pay me, I'll give you your stuff back." I'm an honest businessman, bro. If you're so honest, you would do this. You stole my stuff, man. I was chilling. I didn't do anything to you. Honest business. Johnny Depp from the Pirates of the <laughs> it's like seriously and then a lot of them I've been told ask for Bitcoin yeah and that's how untraceable 
Yeah, that's how they want to get paid. And so now... It's the trendiest thing. You got a, you got a business owner that's trying to figure out... It's the last thing we need. It's like, You're like, listen, I got two trucks stuck in the side of the road in Des Moines. Now, now I got to find a Bitcoin guy. I went to the ATM. It wasn't an option. Wasn't an option. <laughs> My banker says he can't transfer to Bitcoin. What do I do? I was like, I got to find a Bitcoin breaker. Like, uh, why? Lord, why? How did I get here? Where so, else? I wanted 50% off on a driver. <laughs> and if, here we are. If only I would have had smart shield. <laughs> exactly. Then I wouldn't be in this situation. Oh, man. Uh, it's tricky. That cool stuff. Well, I don't think we're going to find a better place to end than that. So I uh, appreciate everybody. And I think that this will wrap up podcast two. Number two. Numero dos in the books. Thank you for listening to Tech Tales. TechTales is sponsored by ZipTech, custom development and Encore CRM. Win faster with Encore. If you have a topic you'd like the guys to discuss, email us at hello at ziptech.com.